Welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation about music. And our conversation this week is with Katie Delamonica of No Thank You. No Thank You, a band that I love from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They released their third LP, Embroidered Foliage, on Lamo Records in October. Katie and I had a rather cathartic conversation, one that... I'm looking forward to sharing with you this week. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Namdi for our intro music. Thank you to Marcus Nuccio for our graphics each week. And you can see them all on our website, betteryapod.com. invite you all to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review, uh, a rating of stars. Five of them would be my suggestion. I hope... But this is finding y'all well. It's been a week. COVID cases in Indiana and Illinois are very high and climbing. Please be careful out there. It's been eight months since we had the first lockdown. And even with the precautions that we're taking in our home, it's still easy to feel yourself kind of lax into routine and you know do some things that aren't on the extreme side of what you shouldn't be doing but still it's best to just not do it so make sure you're i guess taking inventory um not make sure that you are taking inventory let's make sure we are taking inventory and encouraging others to do the same uh, we'll get to our conversation with Katie here in a moment, but a lot of my side of that conversation was influenced by what's going on in my personal life. So I'd like to discuss it here. My aunt Leslie passed away last week. Leslie was my mom's sister, and they were very close for many years. First two-thirds of my life, really, they were very, very close um, Leslie was extremely fun to be around as an aunt. She was on that level. And my mom had a big family growing up, five siblings. Leslie was the oldest. And Leslie was also someone who, I guess, as an, as an adult, I'm starting to realize more and more and appreciate the fact that She's someone who had a lot of different jobs. Not a lot, but she had a few different jobs in my lifetime, which she was remar- and she was remarkably good at all of them and well suited for all of them just by being the way she was. It was the way that she carried herself and she was very quick witted and very smart and very present. Um and I think that that's something that's nice to see from an adult perspective is to see someone have three different careers that I can 
that I can think of and something to keep in mind as uh, as you grow old yourself. Um, it, it, this is a little bit of a benign story, but it's something that has been in my head all week. And it it's a memory I have of uh, a summer get-together, barbecue maybe, when I was growing up in New Jersey. And we, at the, and towards the end of the night, um, as folks were leaving and the circle was getting a little bit tighter, um, we watched the movie Babe. And that was a movie that I loved and still love to this day. Very, very good movie, beat for beat. Um, I think Babe's fantastic. Um, and I liked it when I was, when I was a kid, um, and a little bit of an older kid too. This was, I was like fourth or fifth grade. So I think I had a little bit of a greater appreciation for it. And we watched it together and Leslie had never seen it before, but she like, she just got it to such an extent and was so enthusiastic about it that this movie that I'd seen four or five times, my mom had seen it a few times. Uh, it just straight up became a whole new experience. It felt like an event because we were experiencing it through a whole new set of very loud eyes who was, I think, equally in tune to just exactly what that movie was. Um, but my aunt's final decade was unfortunately just consumed by um, alcoholism. And it's suffice to say that her passing was not really much of a surprise. And this is the third sibling um, my mom has lost to alcohol and or drugs. Uh, My mom's been sober for 16 years. She's the reason I've been sober for six years it's been a tough few days. It has been easier talking, just the two of us, like a couple of AA vets. <laughs> I never really, I never really went to AA, but, um, uh, but I get it and, and I believe in it and what it can accomplish. And I, it, just being able to talk to mom just about, uh, about our, our disease. We have this thing that we understand, still grapple with a little bit, just as a, as a person with personality type. Um, so it's been helpful to really sort out facts, and I guess it eases really the ability to start again to look at the person that we're now grieving and it's someone we love and miss. Um, if you're struggling with addiction, one, please, if you're struggling with addiction, please try to reach out 1-800-662-4357 is the S-A-M-S-H-S- a hotline 1-800-662-4357 
betteryetpodcast at gmail.com. I will refer you to that number because they're professionally qualified to help. But of course, I'm here to listen. And along with sharing this information and writing it out and talking through it, it helps me. It's also something that's certainly related to the conversation that we've got for you this week. This is what's what was on my mind and really um, something that Katie and I do talk about quite a bit. Um, so we, we do spend some time talking about addiction. So um, just for your consideration for listening to this podcast this week. So cool. Uh, as I now seamlessly transition into a paragraph about our Patreon we do have a Patreon. We're a podcast with a Patreon. Patreon.com slash better yet podcast. We split the revenue for the Patreon. It goes three ways between the show, our guests, and organizations chosen by our guests. If you pledge to our Patreon this week, you'll be supporting Better Yet. And you'll be supporting Katie. And this week we're going to be sending money to Black Lives Matter, Philadelphia chapter. Now you can pledge $3 a month. I don't like you're leaving us a tip or you can pledge $10 a month, a month, which will gain you access to exclusive content for me and from our guests. Katie was kind enough to give us a video, a uh, live at home performance, some new tracks and an unreleased track. It's a cool video and you can access it only by pledging on our Patreon, patreon.com slash betteryetpodcast. All right. Katie, Della, Monica is the front person of the Philadelphia three-piece No Thank You. No Thank You is a band that is so dialed in to their tones. Remarkably tight unit of Evan Bernard and Nick Holdorf holding it down Songs that are centered around Katie's low-down guitar playing. She's got such a good singing voice and lyrics that are so precise, very scenic, and also unpacking quite a bit. And embroidered foliage covers a time of immense change for Katie, and we get into all of it. Hope you enjoy this episode. Subscribe. Tell a friend. We'll be back next week. We look forward to it. And here's me and Katie Delamont. Then we got Leo Moon on there too. Uh-huh. And I'm like... <laughs> This is hitting me. So, so Saturn return. Now, your, your Saturn return uh, is such a such a fun time growing <laughs> up. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, I'm stoked to have gone through it personally. Uh, I my twenties were a fucking shit show, and mm. um, my I'm excited to be in my thirties. You know. Yeah. I embrace the new change, the the adulthood switch. 
that happened. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what's the? It's not the opening line, but it's sort of the the coda of Saturn Return. It's it's time to stop wasting time hating yourself. That's that's a fucking thirty year old revelation, if there ever if there ever was one. Because you spend all this time hating yourself. That's all. That's all my twenties were too. Mm-hmm. So believe me, it's like what a waste of time. What a waste of time. Who else is doing that? Nobody. Yeah. Only you. <laughs> and not just because of the yourself thing, but it's like you spend so much time just thinking about the you. Yeah. And that's what and like what you? It's thinking about you, and it's thinking about you in a negative way that doesn't help anyone, especially not you. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Well, it when you say that this was this was heavy subject matter for you, you come off of a record. Like all it takes to ruin it all, which is a question I had for a little bit later in this interview. But mm-hmm. you know, I know that was your, that was about your dad. I'm really sorry to, to hear that. And um, you know, when this record comes along, it's like obviously that one's the one that you had to make at that time. And so with this one, I was thinking like. All right, like, how did this how did this come about? Was it something that was like, okay, I got to do something else now? But it sounds like you had enough going on that you didn't really have to like search for uh, follow up content. Yeah, no, I'm really good at creating uh, scenarios in my life to amuse myself with writing. <laughs> <laughs> that's for certain um yeah so all it takes to ruin it all was uh it did feel like i had to get it all out um but so did this i mean i just don't um the way that i grieve people i think like all it takes to ruin it all was hard but it but I was, like, singing to and writing songs about someone who didn't exist anymore, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it exists in whatever plane we want to say exists. But, yeah. um, uh, and it, it's just a memory forever. But, um, but this record was so much more, um, self-reflecting about myself and about relationships I have and, um, people who do still exist and like may or may not hear it or, you know, and like I have anxiety about that and, um, being really honest with myself about me and those scenarios. Um, so I think, while all it takes was a very a, a heavy record to get through, um, this is heavy in its own way because it's like facing new, new things that are still occurring and ever evolving. Mm-hmm. Musically, it's I think it's the sharpest thing that you've done because especially get a couple tracks in here. 
and then this roll of like tracks three, four, five, six. It's some of the heaviest stuff that you've done, and it's some of the just most like plotting and deliberate. Um, I like that evolution in your writing a lot. I feel like first the first LP really sounds like, you know, we had new beginning. You did that those demos kind of at home and first LP really feels like, okay, cool. This is, this is those songs got a band behind them, but I just feel like more and more your band just gets sharper and sharper and feels like right now you're in a really good period of just like really evolving to the three of you as a unit. You say that you feel like that was coming together a lot. Like, on this LP in particular? Def- definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we started doing that in the last one, but I think we're really honing in on it now um, with embroidered foliage and now with new things we're writing. Um, I think we are just clicking in a way that is... Um, I don't know. It's It's kind of all I've ever wanted in a band and all I've ever hoped for, and... The reason that I chose the band members that I chose and why I'm, I mean, I'm really, um, I'm sort of obsessive about them being included and feeling like they are writing and also feeling like they're making decisions, um, not just with uh, the instrumentation, but also with what we're doing to move forward, um, with new ideas we have. It's just like... I really want it to be Evan is always telling me that no thank you is me and I don't like that like I want it to be the three of us and I think Mm -hmm. that it's becoming that and I don't think that we would be no thank you without their influence to our sound you know I think that Mm -hmm. they are very influential to uh, my the way that I'm moving forward even in just writing songs so um yeah no it's 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 exciting it's really fun it's cool I love it I'm super grateful for them and um I'm grateful you said that because that's all I've ever wanted us to sound like um a cohesive unit and not just me with whoever playing backup parts you know like it's not I need both of them to drive whatever it is that I'm making. Yeah. It definitely feels like what you're writing has a lot more of a sense of the specific players, which is great. So l- let me let me ask you a little bit about about your background. Where did you grow up? Are you from Philly originally? No, I um I moved around a lot as a kid, but I sort of landed um in North Jersey for most of my, most of the end of my child. So like third grade to high school, I was in North Jersey. Um, Whereabouts? I'm from, uh, from Summit. Oh, cool. And New Somerset. Okay. I'm from uh, Chester in Morris County. Oh, okay. Um, I went to Mendham High School. Evan and Nick both went to Governor Livingston, grew up in Mountainside Mm -hmm. and Berkeley Heights. Um, I got a, I got an aunt in Berkeley Heights. There you I don't go. Know if they're there anymore. And then <laughs> my parents, my parents met in. Well, they, 
they're both kind of from, long story short, New Providence. Okay, yeah, it's right there. Amazing. I love it. I love it, too. I I liked it a lot growing up, honestly. I really did. Um, I wasn't someone who, like, hated where I grew up. Um, Mm. But, I I mean, it was super affluent and nice, and we lived in the middle of the woods, and, like, it was it was cool, and I, I was very fortunate and privileged to have that. Um, and when I, I went to, I moved to Philadelphia in 2008 uh, for college, and my mm-hmm. parents moved to Florida as soon as I left. So I've not, I've sort of used Evan and Nick um, and some of our other friends as like ways to keep going back to North Jersey because I do love yeah. it. Um, I want to, I mean, I want to end up in New England somewhere, but if on my way up north I have a stint in North Jersey again, that would be okay with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I miss I miss those East Coast cities and, like, small towns and just, you know, driving through, um, especially that part of North Jersey where it's just, you're on one state route and you're just going into town to town to town out here everything's spread out yeah it is spread out out there um so was there music in the house growing up um kind of yeah i uh i don't know how old i was but my i mean my my brother who's 20 years older than me and lived with me when i was very 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 small 20 years older than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad's first marriage. Or oh, okay. I don't know if it was his first marriage, but it was a marriage that was before um, my my mom's with him. Um, they, he had a, he had two kids. Uh, bro- I have a brother and a sister, both half-siblings from that, um, from that relationship. And my, when I was a really little, I lived in, um, I guess like Reston, Virginia, outside of DC, mm-hmm. and uh, my brother was going to law school, and he lived with us when um, when he was there. So he played guitar. He was like super into REM, and he would make mm-hmm. up like silly songs about farting, and like I was just like enamored by all of that. Um, my mom played guitar when she was younger, um, like in the church or something and Mm -hmm. um she always had a guitar around but like only would play like neil young songs which is fine um and then my dad and then like as i started getting older my mom would let me play her guitar and then we got a piano and i learned how to play piano and was taking vocal lessons um so i was like I wouldn't say I'm classically trained in anything, but I like learned stuff and liked to play mm-hmm. from a young age. Um, but it wasn't ever considered like, like, I, I don't think that, I think my parents just like wanted me to play music cause they liked music, not because they like wanted me to like succeed in it. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or like be like, I don't think yeah. like they wanted me to be a lawyer. And I was uh-huh. like, I'm going to art school. <laughs> so I'm going to become a gem person. Yeah. Well, it turned, I feel like that's probably even better than me going to school for sculpture. But um, oh, you're going for sculpture. Yeah, I was a fine art major. Okay. Now, 
um, sculpture is something that I I like to consider myself like someone who understands the arts. Mm. Um, or at least like <laughs> I know that like this led to this led to this. Um, but sculpture is something that I, I don't, I don't really know that much about. So what, um, give me like a, give me like a time period. Like who's, who's the, like, who has got like 12 years of just like the best shit in your opinion in the sculpture world? Um, I really like, uh, I don't know his first name. I think it's Antonio Bertoia. Uh huh. Um, so this is like so. I don't even think I learned about him in college, but working Isn't in an auction house. Isn't that the best? Yeah. But the same with books. Yeah. I read all the best shit after college. Right. Um, so I'm super fortunate to work in an auction house where I get to see art all the time. Uh-huh. And, um, Bertoia has really cool sculptures that are like soundscapes kind of, um, it's like, okay. they're all made of, I think iron, um, but they move and they're supposed to go in the wind and they like hit each other and make really pretty sounds or like the whooshing sound that they make when they move or like mm-hmm. cool. Like, I don't know. I really... I like that. I really like, um, when I was in school, I was making a lot of performance art and videos and installations. And I just mm-hmm. like the interactive aspect of it or when it like involves more than one sense. Like I don't, I mean, I'm fine. Visual arts are great and it's cool to look at, but yeah. I am more interested in like, how does it move? How does it sound? What, like, what does it look like? Or like when it's moving, you know, like I like that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, 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 Bertoia is like probably, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I can say anyone's my favorite because I don't think I know enough. Well, um, it's kind of an amateurish question. So yeah. Like who knows, but, it on me. <laughs> but I like Bertoia. I think Bertoia is cool. Um, I think, uh, a, uh, uh, shit. I don't know how to say his name. I Weiwei. a way way. Uh huh. Um, is I believe I don't want to get this wrong, but I believe a Vietnamese artist, mm-hmm. um, very cool installations that have a lot to do with home, like the idea of home, mm-hmm. what that is. I love that they're like these crazy installations that are huge and and contain so many parts. Um, I, I like the multiple, like using a ton of things and making oh. like it's very. I, I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. I'm looking at some of these pieces, and it's just, you know, like like whole sculptures just made out of bicycles and chairs. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, found object stuff is mm-hmm. I really like. Oh, I just love the idea of, like, being able to go inside of a piece of art. So that, <laughs> it's funny you say that. I feel like this is off topic, kind of, but no, there's there's nothing off topic. I, not to toot my own horn, but in <laughs> my my senior thesis of college, I won best in show, and the piece that I made was um, I I constructed out of all sorts of wood from New Jersey, Florida, and Philadelphia. They were like my homes. Oh, and mm-hmm. Vermont. I got some wood from Vermont too. Um, Good wood up in Vermont. 
it's, it's hard up there. Um, and I made a float. I, I suspended from the ceiling a construction made out of this wood that was sort of similar to a beaver dam mm-hmm. that you could stand under with your head inside of. And then there were like iPads with videos of me like doing shit that I do when I'm anxious. And it was like supposed to be like coming into my head and how like since I moved around a lot and my parents left the place I grew up, it's like my head became my home Mm -hmm. and how like how it couldn't be, you know, comforting in a way, but also if you have mental health issues, um, it can also be horrifying, Mm -hmm. um, to be trapped there and to, for that to be your safe space that never really feels safe. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's sort of what I made my, my senior thesis about, but it was a thing you could go inside of and it was cool. I loved it. (laughs) That sounds amazing. I set it on fire. Later, oh, for real? yeah, you, you didn't set the iPads on fire. Though, right? No, Those no, no, no. I got one. They're, <laughs> they're awesome. This was, I mean, it was 2012, so that was like first generation. Yeah, iPads. mine's a fourth gen. <laughs> that was so, sick. That's pretty cool. Shout out to my iPad. Um, I, I'd, sh- I'd, you know, it's a, it's a podcast. I, I wouldn't want to take away from uh, just spending time looking at my iPad. So. <laughs> So you're in you're in Philadelphia now. That's uh, that's quite the place to be for for young musicians in uh, in our world today. That's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. Um, were you were you playing in bands in in college? Like, wh- what kind of uh, music were you playing before we get to know? Thank you. Yeah. Um, I so I met Evan and Nick uh, when. I was 16, and they were 18 and 19, probably. Mm-hmm. Evan, Nick went to Rutgers in New Brunswick. Evan went to um, Drexel here in Philly, and I was still in high school. Evan was friends with our friend Greg Mendez. They met in college, and I grew up with Greg Mendez. So I met them because Evan and Greg met. They wanted to start a band. Nick was in it because Nick grew up with Evan, um, and... Evan, I think, asked Greg, uh, can Katie play, like, piano and sing? Mm-hmm. And Greg was like, yeah. And they were like, well, do you want to come to our practice? And, like, we'll see if it works out. So I did, and I stayed in that band. called. It was called Airports when I went. Okay. Yeah. I went, moved to, to Philly for school, um, and we were airports for uh, a few years, and, um, after that dissolved, I kind of just wrote stuff on my own and didn't really, care. like, I didn't take it seriously or, or put much thought or effort into it, mm-hmm. um, until a couple of years after I graduated school, I think I was just like, I'm tired of not creating anything. And I started mm-hmm. writing more songs and taking it a little bit more seriously for myself. And that just kind of turned into No Thank You. Yeah. So you did that um, new start. Were you, was there thought beyond that? Or was it kind of like, let me, just, let me just put something out there? Um, 
so we had been recording Jump Ship and um, Evan and I were recording Jump Ship and uh, mm. I think, so I lived with Eric Osman at the time who is, he is the founder with Emily Hakes of Lamo Records. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Eric, I, I, I heard about Eric when I talked to Jake uh, last year. Oh, Jake Ewald? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So I lived with Eric and we were, I was trying to, we were recording Jump Ship and I was, you know, people were, people caught wind of me doing things that were music related mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, well, you, you should play a show. Like, what does your music sound like? And I was like, oh, I don't, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> It's music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a new start just to like put something mm-hmm. on the internet so that if someone was like, I want you to play a show, send me your link. I could send them something mm-hmm. while we were waiting to put out Jump Ship because Eric living with us was listening to us uh, record. Was He was listening to me like write stuff and he was like, send me your record when it's done. Maybe I will like it. And we were like, okay. Uh-huh. So it was just sort of something to yeah, put put out before Jump Ship existed, really. It, it, it's always been you and, and Evan and Nick, right? And it, has it been... Because you're a band, and I've been thinking about the right way to phrase this. Um, so I hope, that, I hope that this one works out good. Also, <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius, so I can't do anything without it being fucking already awkward before it starts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you, you're, you're a band that I think you, you quietly do things. You're, you're a band that I think, I don't, I don't think everybody knows that you got three fucking good records. And, and I'm interested in just like how, how it is that that's like the, the aura that you kind of have for this band is that, you know, I, I, I think you and I both know the like full force push from uh, punk adjacent and indie rock adjacent bands as it plays out in our current time. Yours, I think, is one that kind of sneaks up on people. It did the same thing for me when I heard All It Takes to Ruin It All. I was like, oh, this band. Oh, oh my. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely know what you mean. Um, I I don't know. Um, I think that I am, as a human being, a very... I, I, I guess shy is a, a word to use, but I don't, mm-hmm. what if I don't think any of my friends would say I'm shy because I'm very outspoken, um, and not afraid to say whatever, but I'm, I'm not, I, maybe I'm just not approachable. Um, but I think maybe part of it is that aspect of my personality. Um, but also I, I am not, very into the internet I don't Mm -hmm. like I don't care about it and Mm -hmm. I don't 
want to come off as ageist, but I don't. I understand that if I get a TikTok and I put a song on it, like maybe it will go viral and like that's great. I'm not against that at all. Like mm. I would I would do that if I uh wasn't 30 and like it it, it occurred to me to do that or like yeah. I didn't have a 9 to 5 that I'm like concerned with or like uh-huh. you know like uh-huh. like I think that it's just like I'm not the person who's like going to sit on Twitter and like tweet 420 until like enough people pay attention to me. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm I'm again, I'm not saying that like there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that's not who I am. So like 420 though is is, <laughs> is awesome. You I'm gotta I mean get 420, into 420 I I my roommate is rolling a joint for me after I finish this. So like I'm not saying that I don't I'm not I I condone it all. <laughs> I do whatever the fuck you want. Um, I'm just not an 18 year old playing noodle guitar with that internet game. Like, um, yeah. that's just not, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Evan is, isn't doing that. And Nick is certainly not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like, would it be awesome if like we were on the come up? Totally. You know, would I, would I appreciate and be grateful for that sort of attention? Absolutely. Would I try to, I don't know why I'm like phrasing all this, like in questions that I'm asking myself. (laughs) I hate that I'm doing that. (laughs) Um, I would be psyched. Put your feet up. (laughs) I don't want to say that I'm a child wonder kid. Um, you know, I love your, your 30. I'm 30 now. Insights are fantastic. I mean, even when I was 20, I mean, Jump Ship came out totally. in, uh, I was 27, I think, when that came out. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm just a little late, I think, yeah. Um, yeah. to that, to being able to do that. And, um, and I would love for us to get more fans in a way like I would just love to connect to more people I'd love to talk to more people I'd love to be involved with more um I think that we don't I think we appeal to older people also um Mm -hmm. so I think that's one of the reasons why we kind of sneak by too is I don't have a big fan base of young of young people. Like that's just Mm -hmm. not who I appeal to. Um, so I think that's, I think, I don't know. I think I'm just like making music for people who are like me and like, I'm not listening to, I can't even name a band that is popular. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like you're making music for, for yourself and you're making music for Evan and Nick. Yeah, like, I want us to be psyched on what we're doing, and, like, I am, and that's all I can really ask for. And if other people are into it, that's sick. But mm-hmm. if they're not, like, cool, that's okay, too. Like, I'm really happy with what we are doing, and that's, you know, the bottom line, that's what matters to me, so. Mm-hmm. I, this isn't exactly what you said, but it's it's something that I feel pretty similar to is the the idea of like being late to things and I feel 
I feel that very much, even as like my life like like progresses, is that I, I've always felt like I'm, you know, two or three years not behind, but it's like I felt like I was figuring myself out a little bit later than like some of the people that I knew from college. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm gonna ask you about your Saturn return. There's no way around it because I remember mine very well, and it was um, it was at a time when I was like newly sober, okay. and I was I think 27, mm-hmm. and I was I didn't find out about it until after fact. Actually, it's a good story. I'm going to tell it. Yeah, tell it. So, my dog, Chloe, God rest her soul. She's on the cover of our, like, photo thing for the, the album art, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we walked into a bookstore in Chicago a couple years back. And there's there's this nice lady who said hello to Chloe. I don't know if you've seen her picture. She's a she's a big old pug. She's got cute tongue <laughs> flopping out. And she's like she's like oh hello, and uh, and she asked me how old, and I was like oh she she just turned eleven, and she said oh is she a Taurus or an Aries? I said she's an Aries, and she said what about you? I said I'm a Sagittarius, and she's like oh you two <laughs> yeah you two. Get it. You're we need each other. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. I carried her here. Like, she's going to do plenty that are that's only to benefit me later on. We get it. And she was like, she was like, what year were you born? I was like, 86. And she's like, how was your, how was your fall? How was your last fall? And I was like, oh my God. It was wild. I went to New Orleans. I got my tarot cards read. And she's like, started like things start to come together after that like for your mental health i was like yeah it did and then she's like your saturn returned i was like oh okay and then i like looked back and was like oh my god all of this change all this like transformation and yeah i feel like that's coming up on seven years ago and seven years ago is a big it's a big number yeah I get so, that. D- tell me, tell me a little bit. What was going on? Because you're, you're cancer. I am a cancer. Cancer sun. Cancer, I'm cancer sun. rising. So okay. I get it. And you're Leo moon. Leo my moon. Wife's, my wife's a Leo sun. She's, I, I got, I got mad respect for Leos. Leos <laughs> get a bad rap. They do. They do. Um, not as bad. At, well, I mean, I don't. I think every sign has its own, uh, like these are the demon signs for me. Mm. Um, I think Leo always ends up being one for people. And I hate that because I love, I gravitate towards Leos constantly. I got nothing Um, but good Leos in my life. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I don't have issues with some of the Leos in my life, but I'm Uh also a water sign and it is what it is. And like, Mm. I can accept that. Um, what's your rising real quick? My rising is Scorpio. Oh, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as, I, as I sit and I look, and you, you got you got nothing but black on. You got yeah. cool plants. Yeah. Um, You're good Scorpio rising. Hell yeah. My Saturn return was weird. Um, I. 
it was just a time where I really, I mean, I've spent so many years of my life hating myself as we've gone over. Um, and I just had this realization that it was just like, what are, why do I feel that way? And I feel like a lot of it was me comparing myself to other people mm -hmm. and to other people in my life. Um, and, and how my relationships with some of those people affected my view of myself. Um, and it really became a time where I was just like, I have to cut the fat. Like, who in my life is making me feel good? And who in my life is making me feel bad? Including myself, you know? Mm. And, um, and how do I, how do I manage that? Do I confront it? Do I just move on you know like how do I how do I figure out what is and isn't worth my energy um because I think for me to achieve the closest thing to happiness as I can I need to like be okay with me and I need to be okay with how I see myself and how I see my life and how I see the people around me um, and that was really, I have, I definitely have a tendency to be selfish, um, or I, I don't see Like, I think selfishness is not a negative trait, um, necessarily. And I think that I was selfish in a lot of my actions because I had a tendency to be manipulative and, um, you know, not, I wasn't always the greatest person, uh, yeah. but I, um, but I feel like a lot of that was a defense mechanism because of the company I kept mm -hmm. and I needed to like see that from a distance. Um, I mean, my, my actual life, uh, in terms of things changing, I, I stopped, I did, I've, I've not gotten sober 100% but I like stopped using hard drugs I um good for you I uh you know like cut out toxic people that uh -huh. just weren't going to get me anywhere I, I got out of like a crazy relationship my father like passed away a couple years before it and I was going through you know I mean I I stopped drugs and my dad died and um I had to like learn how to cope again and yeah. like learn what a support system was and what that, how I could be that for myself. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's, I mean, it was just a lot of like reevaluating like what's yeah. important to you. What are the goals you want to meet for yourself, for your life? You know, what are the next, like, what do what do the next five to 10 years look like for you realistically? And how do you make it happen in a way that makes you feel good about yourself? Yeah. Um, if I, if I ask anything and then like following, just say no. Okay. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Cause, um, you know, I'm, I'm sober. I've been, I've been around. What were you, what was going on with? What were the hard drugs like? What were you, what were you doing? Or how, how 
how would you describe your usage? Um, Again, only <laughs> only what you're interested in talking to me about today. Yeah. Um, I was... <laughs> I'm like, I, in a regular conversation, I would just tell you. Right. Um, in a recorded conversation, I feel... Uh, I f- there are people in my family who like don't know. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I don't think that any of them would necessarily, not that you are not worthy of everyone's parents to listen to <laughs> this podcast. That's um, not what's important. <laughs> that's nice of you to say. Um, I will just say I was like a functional addict for, mm-hmm. um, approximately seven or eight years. Yeah. And, like, through college, after college, for a little bit, um, I was surrounded by uh, heroin addicts. Um, Mm -hmm. All of my friends were uh, drug users. Um, I would say pretty much everyone's drug of choice was heroin, but, like, we would dabble with whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, And it never... I never used... Um, a needle. I never like took it over a threshold that I didn't feel like I was in control. Um, but it was definitely something that was, um, a bandaid for all of my mental health issues and self-esteem issues. Um, and I, like, ripping off that Band-Aid was obviously, I, I don't know if it's obvious, but obviously the best decision I ever made mm-hmm. um, for my health and for my mental health. Um, and uh, it was really, really hard to confront feelings that I buried for so long Um yeah, like it's such a weird. I'm an. I mean, I I I'm a Cancer, and I'm very Cancerian, and um, and even being Leo Moon, like I feel like I'm an extraordinarily emotional person, mm-hmm. and uh, even while I was high, I was emotional. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I could. I could. <laughs> but um, you know, like being sober was very sobering i mean it was crazy to feel everything that came out after that like it was just so crazy to experience Mm -hmm. like i thought i was sad but like whoa like this Mm. is a whole other dimension of like i don't know how to cope like i just don't know how to cope with this overwhelming wave of of emotions mm-hmm. even when it wasn't sad you know like even being happy was like what is this like what <laughs> why am why yeah. am i overwhelmed by like why is this physical why is this mental thing physical it was like Happiness. very yeah yeah or i mean any any emotion that i felt i mean i had 
after my dad passed away and then Corey's little brother, or I'm sorry, Evan's younger brother, Corey passed away six months after. Oh, Jesus. And I'm so it, sorry to hear that. It was, it was crazy. It was just like, it was, I was having such bad, um, I had panic attacks constantly, like yeah. for days at a time. Um, just cause I didn't know how to like regulate what I was going through. Like, I just mm-hmm. didn't know how to do it. And like, it, it's just, it's crazy that emotions can be, can physically manifest, you know, and that mm-hmm. I just was completely shutting that down for myself for years. Yeah. It's just wild. So, I mean, the timing of, it's never a good time to stop doing drugs. I think that that's like something you learn uh, the hard way and going through what you going through not using is like both the best and the worst thing that could have happened it sounded like did you get did you reach a point where you you were just like i have to stop had you been thinking about it for a long time did something and again like yeah it's unspecific or specific sure you're comfortable with yeah um i definitely thought about it for a long time um but it wasn't until the people around me got more into it like Mm. to Mm -hmm. a point that i was like not willing to commit to or commit my life to um because to me it was always like it's funny because i i have a lot of anxiety about dying now all of the time I think about it constantly I think it's a product of my dad and Evan's younger brother and just my anxiety has manifested in a way that I'm just constantly afraid of dying Mm -hmm. at the time I it's crazy the shit that I did that I'm like I had no consideration for my life at all But at the same time, in the back of my head, I always thought about my parents. And I I am, like, a goody two-shoes. I'm like, I, I, can't, I can't die because, like, I don't want my parents to be ashamed of me. Or, like, yeah. disappointed in me. Like, yeah. that disappointment was scarier to me than anything else. Um, mm-hmm. So... I set boundaries that, like, did I still do tons of dumb shit that I'm like, what? That was just no consideration at all. Um, Yes, I definitely did stuff that, like, was crazy, but I still was, um, I still kept in the back of my mind, like, never do these things because this will be the thing that kills you or, and like, this will be the way that they'll be disappointed in you. Yeah. So I, um, I think once my friends were starting to go off the deep end, in my opinion, I was just like, no, like I can't, I'm done. Like I can't, it's like, there's only one you know, you're either in or you're out at this point, and you can't. Yeah, you can't like you can't use opiates part time. Yeah, really, it's just impossible. 
And I, I like full, it's crazy. Like when I talk to other addicts about it, it's like, I don't even know what to say because I, it was so, I mean, I did it nearly every day for nearly seven or eight years and I never had a withdrawal symptom. I never used a needle. I never, I I graduated college with like flying colors. Like I, yeah. Most people in my life, like, wouldn't have suspected a single thing. Like, my whole life, I was so functional. And I just knew that if I ever got to the point that the other people in my life got to, I would not be anymore. And that was, like, I just feared that too much. I I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Couldn't commit. Yeah. <laughs> well... You know, Hemingway was uh, cancer, right on that Leo cusp. I know that. I know that there's a lot of attachment there. <laughs> functionality is is a real thing, and it's a real dangerous thing too. Um, I'm glad, dude. I'm glad you're doing good. Um, I I think about like right now, if I was still drinking forget about it mm-hmm. and um sorry didn't plan on talking about this but my 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 mom is um my mom's a recovering alcoholic i knew before i even drank that i was going to become a recovering alcoholic so i think that's why i cut it real quick but she lost a brother to heroin in the right before my parents got married so that was just like the fucking Saturday night lesson once a month was like, don't do that. And I'm like, okay. And then my aunt, my mom's older sister, just just passed away uh, last week. Just just drank. I'm so sorry. I, thank you. I appreciate that. It's, it's tough because it, it was a problem for her for years just like and became more of a problem she just drank and kind of just knew where it was going to go one way or the other and it's 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 tough to watch it like slowly happen it's tough to watch people get zapped up real quick because that shit's the opiates are just gonna fucking take control real quick mm-hmm. real quick um so when your when your return comes when your Saturn return comes you're you're going into it with some fucking you got a lot a lot of churning happening, yeah, I think it was just you know really a weird shift um that I went into it knowing that I needed a shift and that I was experiencing a shift in my life um, and how to how to move forward. Like, how do I just try to get better in whatever capacity that means? Like, uh, you know, better with drugs better with 
work, better with relationships, better for myself, better for my mom, better for, um, better as a roommate, better at like whatever, like just better. Mm -hmm. How do I try to be the best person I can be and acknowledge that I'm not perfect and that I can't be perfect and that I have flaws and I need to manage that, you know, like how just, I think it really is like a coming of age moment. Like I know that it's like an astrological thing. Like it's, it's not a, it has a name for a reason, you know, like it, uh-huh. it exists because it's a shift. Mm-hmm. Dude, hearing like, like you were, you use the term manipulative and like there's, there is a, it takes a fucking mountain to be able to like use that word on yourself and just be like, that's not me anymore. That's okay. It's not okay that it happened, but like. I'm not that anymore and I need to make sure that I'm that I don't go there because like I, yeah you, you, I mean we I, I I have that in me and I know that and it's like no I can't I can't do that I got I got a, a wife and we got a, a home and it's like been getting good lately too I feel like this is where I'm getting to like good rings where I'm just like I'm mm-hmm. arguing better I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not saying anything that's out of turn lately and I'm catching myself from like crossing any of any lines. I feel like that's a good thing. And yeah, like, no, it's a that's a continuing process. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say is like it's it's not like I I'm never going to say that I'm not manipulative. Like mm-hmm. it's in me. It it I watched my father act that way. I for in his own issues. I I watched even. I mean, my my dad was not the great the greatest uh, husband, um, but even and and I I do in my parents' relationship. I definitely vilify him, but that is not to say that my mom also didn't have manipulative tendencies. I think it's. I mean, I watched it and I learned it. And I know it and it's in me. And I love to hear you say, you know, you saying you're arguing better and making points that are valid and not, um, you know, hurting someone else or like going out of your way to make point. Like I, I catch, I still catch myself. Like I, it's Mm -hmm. still, I'm not. I'm not perfect yet. Like I'm not there. <laughs> um, but, but it's, it's, it means a lot to me to recognize it, you know, and to mm-hmm. just be like, Oh, like there's, there's that little demon. That's just, yeah. It's, that's I don't the know. Right word for it too. Fucking it's a process. It's really mm-hmm. a process. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I have to say, because, um, I, all it takes to ruin it all is it's a record that it's it's very clear what it's about i you know i didn't i didn't read anything to know what that was about i guess except for the liner notes um but 
you talking about your dad's negative qualities. You don't, you don't write a negative record about the guy that you lost. I think that you have taken him, at least in that, in the, on that record, you, you take him whole. And I think that that's a really powerful thing that each time I listen to it, I go back and it's like, yo, processing someone who is imperfect and fully taking the loss that you feel and not deciding to say, you know what, like, bad mojo, I don't need to feel this way. That, that takes a lot. That, and you're really putting yourself through it to get there. Um, yeah, I, my, I am so similar to him. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, my mom is a Cancer and my dad was a Leo. Uh, so I am very much (laughs) in tune to both of them Mm -hmm. and, and his flaws, I, I have them and they, and I, I hated him for them growing up. Yeah. Um, it w- we butt heads constantly because of it. And, um, like, I think he, he would praise me for all the things he saw in me that he loved about himself. And he would, you know, equally brutalize me for the Oof. things that he saw yeah. in me that he hated about himself. And, uh-huh. and it really, I mean, that was our relationship. And, um, and I... as much as it is hard to see both sides of him and myself, it's a connection that I have with someone who, um, you know, probably understood me better than almost anyone else would. Mm -hmm. And that is not something that I say lightly or take for granted. Um, and, um, you know, it is, it is hard. It's hard to, it's hard to see all the, the sides and to see yourself in all of that. Um, but I wouldn't change it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this record embroidered foliage. Um, I, th- th- this is one that what I really, really love about it. It's, I think that your writing has gotten so solid and so strong in just getting the the point across and the scene um, there and very succinctly. Even though, I mean, you got like a four minute long song on this record. Like, jeez. I know. Crazy. Alert the press because it's, I know. It was definitely a uh, a feat for me to mm-hmm. cross over the three thirty mark. But I was like, <laughs> I put on, I put on all it takes. I was like, God, I fucking love a forty five RPM LP. I <laughs> love it. But this one, I mean, yo, the movements going from like the title track to Eden. Like, that shit is so, so strong. I think it's the best stuff that you've done. And 
it's just really, really, I don't know, it's immersive in a way that I think is, is new for your band, too. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I experimented slash touched on it a little bit with Jump Ship just in the the fact that we used more synthesizers on that record, we used more textures on that one. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted it to be, I mean, my original plan was to have a six song EP that was just six songs about this relationship all connected. Mm -hmm. This is the, like, it was a concept almost, you know, it was just Mm -hmm. like from start to finish, here's a relationship and it just happened to work its way into a full album and um yeah i'm i i want to i want to keep keep doing some uh stream of conscious uh you know storytelling almost with with it um it's fun i i loved i loved doing that for this album i mean i it really was i think that the six songs um that are that pertain to it which are um tracks two through seven i guess whatever Uh everything and nothing is i I think are are that Mm -hmm. yeah and then so and so you you take saturn turn and leo moon and those are kind of um those are added after the fact Mm -hmm. yeah more of like a reflection yeah the Leo Moon, you see, and, and this is what I'm talking about with Leos, because, you know, this like, like, me, me, me. I, in in Leos, I I feel like, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong here to postulate that like, having having that as a moon sign is like, that really that really puts you in a like. I'm creating art that is uh so personal and so meaningful to me and i want people to hear it also (laughs) no chance am i gonna go out of my way to tell anybody to listen to it no (laughs) well no nobody (laughs) wants to hear it but it's there and i love the attention (laughs) now leave me alone yeah but also don't Uh, But also only leave me alone when I tell you to. But, like, come back when I need you to. Um, <laughs> man, they're just they're, like, wrestling, too, of, like, the, uh, like, the, Le- the shared Leo, that's your moon, that's what, that's what you're holding. And it can be, it can fucking be a weight if it's something that i mean is it not so easy to fucking criticize yourself for like trying to ask people to listen to the thing that you made yeah it's definitely it's it's a struggle i i never i feel like a burden on everyone's life constantly Mm -hmm. so i just try to avoid it (laughs) i'll burden myself and evan and nick they can be they can have, have to deal with it but Evan is like, I mean, Evan's Capricorn moon and sun. So he's like very, you can put anything on him and he'll carry it. And it doesn't affect him at all. 
Well, yeah. I shouldn't say that. It affects him, but he's he's grounded. Yeah. And then My we mom's have... a Capricorn. Yeah. She's, she's good. Yeah, I love a Capricorn. Um, Yo, no kidding. How the f- how how you go this long knowing knowing Evan, and now you're. I we've been I, together for like uh, f- six years now. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, but I mean, it's been we've had there have been breaks and. It's, yeah. It has not always been smooth sailing. I mean, I feel like mostly because of my psychosis, <laughs> neediness, and emotionality that he doesn't necessarily always understand. Um, but we've worked it out, and everything's great. Um, That's good. And then we have Nick, who is a ball of... I shouldn't say anything disparaging. He's an Aries son, which is like my least favorite. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's After the only all, fire sign. About the dog? <laughs> it's the only fire sign I don't jive with. Uh-huh. Um and a I think he's a I think he's a Cancer moon. He's so emotional. He's also cusp Pisces Aries. And so he's he's very very emotional and yeah. um so I mean I hate to be a burden on him, but I also sometimes maybe feel like he needs someone to get him away from himself. Mm-hmm. So like, if he wants to focus that energy on my bullshit, that's great. <laughs> Y'all doing good with this quarantine? You practicing a lot? Not um not of late. It's actually been kind of crazy. So. Earlier in the quarantine, we were practicing more. Um, all of us were being, you know, safe. Like, our pods are all safe. We don't all live together, so it's a little tricky. But everyone um, has been safe and smart, which is I've been really grateful and lucky to have. Um, I actually had to go to New York for work a few times, and I was getting tested every time I came home just out of precaution. And um, tested positive a couple weeks oh. ago, but I didn't have any symptoms. And everyone in our group, everyone that we know, got tested. Nobody else was positive, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, no one had symptoms. I didn't have symptoms at all. Um, I isolated in my apartment um, and away from my roommate for two weeks. And uh, a few maybe a week after that um which was about a week ago now I got my I got an antibody test because I was just like I just want to make sure like the people Mm -hmm. told me not to get another COVID test because they were like it'll mess up the statistics and also you could test positive for months and like it's not going to do any good because you're probably you're not contagious anymore so I got an antibody test and it was negative so I don't know. Yeah, it's great. I Part of me is kind of peeved because not even just because of being in isolation and that all sucked, but mostly because the spike is so crazy now again mm-hmm. that I'm I had some sort of like safety net. Like I felt sort of protected by already contracting it. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm like, I don't even, I think it was a false positive and cause mm-hmm. I don't have the antibodies. I'm a little bit anxious, but I also am, I mean, I'm, you know, practicing everything as safe as possible anyway. So it's, it's not going to change 
what I do, but, um, everyone is also saying like, none of the tests are reliable. So I just don't, I don't know what to do or believe or like, I'm just like, I'm wearing a mask. I'm going to try, like, I have to go to into the office right now, but, um, I'm planning on tomorrow bringing home all of my work so that I can like try to work from home as much as possible and limit Mm. my, limit my going in. Everyone at my office has been great. Like everyone has been, everyone in my life has been safe and I'm so glad that I don't have to like yell at any idiots (laughs) about it. But drove from Kentucky back to Valparaiso. (laughs) yesterday you want to talk about idiots that yeah we quietly yelled at when we got back in the car Ugh. oh i could go on and on and on but i'm not going to <laughs> embroidered foliage is out now everybody should go and check it out and everybody out there listening should subscribe to our patreon patreon.com slash better yet podcast we do this cool thing where we we get money from this patreon and then we split it between the show the guests and organizations chosen by the guests uh katie who are we gonna send some money to i think we're gonna send some money to black lives matter black lives matter philadelphia that's fucking fantastic y'all been Y'all been doing pretty good by the United States the past uh, few weeks here. We're very thankful for you, Philadelphia. Um, so if you subscribe to our Patreon, you can uh, you can pledge for $3 a month like you're leaving us a tip, or you can pledge for $10 a month. If you pledge on that tier, you get this bonus audio content that I talked about before I started uh, talking to Katie on the show this week. But if you pledge... To the ten dollar tier, we got a special surprise. Katie did a little at home performance for us. I watched it when I got home last night. I was like, "Fuck these songs!" These I hope songs. it was okay. <laughs> it was great. It is great. It's great. You should uh, pledge. You you heard it. You heard it from someone who has no vested interest in it. Pledging on Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Better Yet podcast is uh, just a fantastic idea. Uh, Katie, I'm really, really glad we got to have this conversation, and I'm glad we have, the con- we have the conversation that we had today. Me too. Today is a, a better day than any other day. Damn right. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, friends. <laughs> <laughs>